Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene. Art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we are back on the Culture Corner. And I just have to take a second to say, I, you know, I'm so... Uh, I love doing the show, and part of the reason I love doing work with Brian's great is that I get to talk to uh, some gr- such so many great talented people. A lot of them are my friends, but a lot of them I get to know even better with with these interviews, and they're all super talented. And we're now joined by one of those, Miss Cynthia Thomas. Uh, Cynthia, how are you? Hi, Bonnie. I'm great. How are you? Good, good, good. So Cynthia is a multi-talented uh, lady. She's a wonderful singer, jazz, blues, pop singer, and a wonderful actress as well. And we've I've given her just a little bit of advice. We chatted a little bit about uh, voiceovers, something she's maybe going to stick her toe in the water of. And um, you're going to be back at Woody's on the 23rd, right? Every Friday, starting the 23rd? Yes. Yes, yes, from 6.30 to 10 every Friday. And so when, how long, when did you first, were you, how many seasons have you been there? Oh my God, Bonnie, I have just started, I started in October of 19, okay, and then here comes March, and I had to stop. I was so devastated. Mm-hmm. I had to stop. I was so happy, and everybody was hearing about me and coming to see me, and and then all of a sudden, it's like, everything is closed. I'm like, no. Yeah. (laughs) It was tough. Now, so let's start, let's start from the beginning. Let's go way back. I like to start with people. So when you, did you start singing as a little girl? Were you singing in church, or what got you started? God, I've been singing. Coming out of my mother's womb, I was singing. My mother Mm -hmm. says, I'm just singing, but I would do Aretha Franklin when I was four and five. Really? Yes, I was singing uh, Do Right Woman, Do Right, you know, uh, uh, all of Aretha's songs, but I was influenced by Dionne Warwick and, uh, um, of course, church, too. The Mm -hmm. the sisters used to that baby can sing. <laughs> so just basically, as I've been singing all my life, I'm just a natural born singer. So now, does, are other people in your family musical also? You know what? I found out later, like my aunts, my mother has a beautiful voice. My aunts have beautiful voices, you know, and my brothers and sisters. But we just never, I'm the only one that really, really just stood out and just really wanted to do something mm-hmm. with my family. And, you know, I used to be in talent shows and whatnot. And, but, yes, it, it, it is in my family. There are singers in my family. Now, yeah. were, were they supportive of the idea of you making this a career? Oh, God, no. <laughs> my mother wanted me to be a nurse. Or uh-huh. a teacher. She's like, You're not going to make money singing and mm-hmm. acting. And that's, that I, so, you know, I just took it upon myself later on when I got grown or to pursue it myself. It's like a passion. And if it's natural, you have to do it. I found out I really have to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so in the meantime, mm-hmm. I know a lot of, I know a lot of folks that, especially women who did other, you know, they did it and then they kind of stopped for a while, did other things. They got married and had kids or they did other jobs. And mm-hmm. then they finally said one day, wait a minute, I need to go back and sing. Did, so did you do that? Yes. Okay. Folks are looking at me that think I'm supposed to be sitting down. You know, you're retired. No, I'm not. Mm. I can sing, Bonnie, if I have to lay on the stage, I'll tell them, <laughs> bring the mic to Rennie, bring it to her, and I'm going to yeah. say myself. I don't care. I intend to sing until the day I leave this earth. 
Oh, good for I you. So, oh, yeah, so what else did you do along the way? I, I, I call them job jobs, you know, when you, other things we all had to do here and there. Girl, I have gone from clerical work to doing nails and just odds and ends, but basically clerical work. And then, you know, I decided, you know, I, I did nails for about six or seven years, you know, but mostly clerical work. Mm-hmm. I've worked at, like, banks and, 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 and different business offices and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah. and so where, now where did you grow up and when did you come to the desert? I am from Cleveland, Ohio, Okay, born and raised. Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm sorry, that's my great grandson. That, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I moved out here oh about 30 years ago. Um, I moved to LA, and then um, circumstances in my life, my husband died and everything, and I just needed to get away. And I moved out in the in the desert area. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm out in the in uh, in the Empire. I've been out here since. Um, 2015. And what and did you then, know? Did you know somebody out here? What brought you? What brought you out to this part of California? A, a, a gal of mine, a, a friend of mine, um, Gita. Uh, she said, "Sydney, you know, you need to come out here. It's really nice." And 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 when I first came, Bonnie, when I saw the cows and the horses, I'm like, "Oh no, <laughs> I don't want to live out here." I didn't want to, but. I had um, I had some health issues that I had to deal with, but I met um, Michael Carr. No, you know what? I met um, uh, Doug. Doug the guitar Mc- McDonald. Guitar. Doug McDonald. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I met him in Burbank. Um, I sang at this little cafe, and he was playing for a gal. Um, she moved to Detroit. I, I, I'm sorry, my memory's so bad. It's okay. But I did a Funny Valentine. Mm-hmm. With Matt Doug, and you know I didn't see him until I guess that was like 2000, early 2015, and then when I moved out here in November 2015, um, I met um, I met Doug again, and mm-hmm. I sat in with him, and Michael Carr mm-hmm. was playing the phone, and so I sat in with them. It used to be the 360. Yes, I think it's called something else. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I went in there and sang, and so Michael was like, well, my God, you know. And he kept after me, like, Sadia, you need to come to Palm Springs. Come to Palm Springs, you mm-hmm. know, and just sing. And mm-hmm. so he was looking for gigs and stuff, and we would be looking, and he said, you should come. So, Because I was sitting in with him at his gigs after he met me. So finally, when he got the Roadhouse, uh, started doing it, which is, you know, he's doing the show again. Yes, uh-huh. Uh, on Sundays. And so I would go there on Sundays, and I just got back into it because I had a blues band years ago, and mm-hmm. I had just quit singing. And um, it just felt so good. I was rusty, but I got the more I did it, the more I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And so Michael Carr is very instrumental in getting me out to Palm Springs. So I was singing up there with him, and then David Ring, my uh, piano player, he came up. I had, I hadn't been up to the Roadhouse for a couple of weeks, and he says, "Michael, where's that gal that was singing up here?" He's like, "You're talking about so and so." He's like, "No." He says, "What about so?" He's like, "No." He said, "Oh, you're talking about Cynthia." He's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, where's mm-hmm. she?" So he says, "Cynthia, um, David wants to talk to you." And David came, and we talked, and I went and I auditioned for Wayne, who owns Woody's, mm-hmm. and I got the gig. 
Excellent. I got the gig and beautiful Rose Millette had left and she went to another venue. Mm-hmm. And so I was very honored, you know, to, to, to sing after somebody like her. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I just, Bonnie is just so, I'm so excited to be getting back, you know, to singing and everything, but Excellent. it has been a beautiful, beautiful experience and meeting all the different gals. You know, I did divas. Mm-hmm. Of the desert, the Palm Springs Women's yeah. Festival, and so I met a lot of the gals that are performing out in the Palm Springs, and then I met you, and mm-hmm. I met Chris, and I met you know a lot of you know Jessica Taylor, yeah. Rose, yeah, Hope, all of the gals, you know, and 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 so it's just been a very very re- rewarding experience, and I can't wait to get back. I can't wait. Excellent. So let's talk about your your music. So who who were your influences? So Aretha, you already mentioned once. Who else are your influences? Oh, gosh, oh God, I was thinking about that today. Okay, back in the day, Nancy Wilson, Dionne Warwick, Aretha Franklin. Uh, um, those are my first uh, influences, and like today, now I love. Erica Badu and Jill Scott and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, of course Dinah Washington, Sarah Vaughn. It's so many different yeah. singers yeah. that I love, but I'm glad that I have my own unique name. Yes, yeah. So would you would you mm-hmm. classify yourself as mostly jazz or jazz and blues or a little bit of everything or what? You know what, Bonnie, I you know, folks have tried to categorize me that they can't because I sing everything. <laughs> okay. I sing everything. Thing. I do. I can sing anything, anything. And I write, and my next CD, I, I, I wrote um, three songs on my last CD, which is called New Worldisms. And um, I did a whole concert, you know, they can see my concert um, with the Palm Streams Women's Jazz Festival.org. Uh, and I did my whole CD. Mm-hmm. And I covered, I love Joni Mitchell. I love Joni. I did cover two of Joni Mitchell's tunes. Okay. Um, Hotel Room and um, Black Crow. Uh-huh. Uh, so I see soon, and then I wrote three, and then I have a, a song called Water. I really, really, uh, it's about the depletion of the water on the earth. Mm. And, okay. Um, it's very deep. It's this Irish guy, Harlan Collins, uh, who wrote the uh, soundtrack for The Highlander. So it was a it's a different type of song, you know, and I've had some opera uh, uh, before, and this is like a operatic piece. Wow. Almost. And then mm. I did uh, Lazy Afternoon. I know you're familiar oh, with Oh, I love that tune. That is a great song. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I love singing it. Uh-huh. So did you, now did you have any formal vocal training or piano training, or have you totally self-taught? I, you know what? Totally self-taught. I just sing, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. I I sing by ear. I, you know, I've I've taken theory and everything, and I intend to go back to school and do more in-depth uh, uh, studying of music. But I can sing anything, anything. I can hear it, and they tell me they want this, this, and this. You know, some some chicks will ask me, "Well, how do you stay on key?" I'm like, "I'm a singer." That's mm-hmm. what, you just have a good. You have a good ear. You got to have a good ear for that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, yeah. two questions I always like to ask. I've interviewed a lot of singers in town. Two questions. First of all, do you vo- do you vocalize every day? Do you warm up every day, even if you don't have a gig coming up? Oh, Bonnie, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> and some people don't. That's fine. Some people don't. That's cool. You know. You put me on the spot, Bonnie. You know what? When I go in to sing, I like it fresh. Mm-hmm. I like. To be, I don't know what I'm gonna 
how I'm going to express mm-hmm. the song. It's, it's like whichever mood I'm in. Okay, I've seen people. But I was going to a vocal teacher out in Palm Desert, and my I would be so tired by the time I got through vocalizing. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, and, and, and somebody told me, you don't need to no vocal coach. Just go sing. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. So I don't really worry about that. Okay. No. And, and, you know, everybody has their own thing, and that's good. Now, the other question I'd love to ask is, do you have any, like, little rituals you do before a performance? Like, do you, do you pray? Do you go sit up by yourself for a minute? Do you wear lucky jewelry or anything yeah. like that? I, um... I do go with it, Bunny. I'm now, now this part, yes. I gather myself, um mm-hmm. like you know what? As I've gotten older it's better for me. I go over things in my head. I go over things mm-hmm. in my mind and, and, and my spirit and I do ask the higher source to 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 give me the 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 right melodies, give me the right um Yeah. Well, we are running out of time. So it's Friday, starting Friday, April 23rd, and then every Friday at Woody's, was 6.30 to 9.30, you said? 6.30 to 10. 6.30 to 10. All right, you got to go see Miss Cynthia Thomas. She is fabulous. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm going to come out and see you one of these Fridays, I promise. Yay! Thank you, buddy. You're great. All right, you take care and stay safe. All right, we'll be back with more on The Culture Corner in just a minute. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. Now we're back on The Culture Corner. And before I move on to the actual news story about Arclight... And the horrible thing that's happening to the Cinerama. I do want to say that with new movie theaters opening up again, it does seem with the success of Godzilla vs. Kong that there is a space or at least optimism for movie theaters to be able to actually be successful during the pandemic mm-hmm. and for audiences to feel comfortable enough. <coughs> I went to a movie theater to see Godzilla vs. Kong and there seemed to be this atmosphere of welcome back and it Mm -hmm. feels good to be back Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people are doing that and now but however because a whole year has happened where california theaters have been closed and they've been only open every once in a while for a few weeks and even then even then you never know when we're going to close down again Mm -hmm. it seems that the arc light theater chain has finally decided to just forever just close the arc light theater chain has decided to just end to close permanently. Same with the That's Pacific sad. Theater chains. And yeah. with this, the iconic Cinerama movie theater in Hollywood, California on Sunset Boulevard has to close down. Hmm. And it is one of the most iconic movie theaters in the world. It is the one 
it's just one of those movie theaters that like you just know what it looks like just by looking at it like if you remember it correctly here it is bonnie if you remember yeah yes. i mean i haven't spent that much time in la but I've, I've seen that yeah and it just sort of became a staple where you go in there and like they talk about movies they bring back movies to do studies on them they do all sorts of great programming there and i've been in there a couple times and it's it's a great movie theater so i think it's a shame that it has to close it is sad yeah and a lot of like famous Hollywood uh, people like James Gunn, a director and Mindy Kaling have all talked about how, how it's a tragedy and that it's changed their lives. And I wanted to ask you, has there ever been a venue for you, Bonnie, as a singer that has impacted your life that maybe that ended up closed that ended? Well, I guess that would be a good way of saying it, like yeah. that closed. Actually it's, it was a theater. There was, um, uh, because I moved here 23 years ago, whatever. Uh, I did a, a show at a little theater called the Top Hat Playhouse, which was on Arenas. It's now a lighting store or something. It's become closed for a while. But I did um, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. I was Miss Mona. I was the madam. And it was a wonderful show. It was a wonderful experience. I met the director, Mary Wright, and I became fast friends. We're still very close friends to this day. But it was a great show, um, wonderful cast. Uh, Ted Dawson, who used to be an on-air news guy and sports guy, was the sheriff. He's since moved away. Way. but it was just a wonderful wonderful show one very small theater i think it sat 50 people 70 very small you know very small intimate but it was a wonderful show but it it, it closed the theater closed but i had such fond memories of that yeah and it, it's one of those things where it's like i think during covid we're losing some of these great iconic theaters and all that because I feel like in some cases we're just not getting enough funding to be able to hold sustain mm -hmm. these, you mm -hmm. know, like there's no bailout for them or anything like that. And there have been conversations about trying to get like an arts bill to try to get these art. Oh, boy, I would love to see that. Yeah, be because I think a lot of people in the arts just the thing about the arts and the tragic thing about it is that we. People like to go ahead and say they're not essential, but then they'll watch it on. But then you'll spend all your time watching it. I right? was just going to say, I mean, yeah, people sometimes say, well, it's not like, you know, a hospital or food or whatever. that's true. However, especially when human beings are going through tough times and difficult times and trauma and emotional, the arts is what uh, what they turn to what saves people emotionally. It's a, that escape that yeah, I mean, they are important. Yeah. And. and for me like watching a lot of like these movies again because like I, I've always watched classic cinema but like lately I've done this thing where it's like you know since I'm in quarantine why don't I check out some of the classic cinema that no one talks about as much mm -hmm. like I go ahead and talk about let's say an old Soviet Union movie that came out in the four in the 60s why not check it out like yeah. um, War and Peace mm -hmm. the eight-hour version and mm -hmm. so I feel like when we go to the arts, you can escape and really find yourself in this place. It's so important for your mental health. It really is. And I feel like a lot of times, like, the, the thing is, though, we'll say it's unessential. But then we realize that it is part of our lives. Like, how many people have have subscribed to Netflix during the pandemic? And I was going to say, what, do you, what people... If we didn't have arts and Netflix and movies and TV and all that other stuff and Facebook... And, people would have been jumping out windows all over the place and like with music too i think yep. music has really like it, it just changes your life like the yep. thing about music is that you just put it on and you're listening and you walk down the street somewhere and it's just a changes different your mood absolutely changes your mood and like <laughs> this year i've been really listening to bernadette peters and she mm -hmm. got me through like the last year because it's just it's it's just something important about the arts and so it's always a shame that the <clears throat> arts don't get this sort of like financial support that i personally feel yeah. that yeah. they deserve and yeah. fingers crossed and did you hear that broadway 
Broadway news, Diana, the musical, is finally getting, is going, they've decided to sort of reopen it later on in December and November, but it's going to have, but it's filmed version. So they're going to film it and put it on Netflix. Okay. And it's going to be October 1st. Okay. So I'm actually really excited about it. That should be interesting. (laughs) I am going to break down and get Netflix, I think. I really am. (laughs) Because I'm missing out on too much. It's like, there's so much going on and you just got to watch it sometime, but I'm actually curious to see how this Diana musical is yeah, going to do. Yeah, interesting. But, yeah. but we'll have to talk more about yeah. that in last segment. Yeah. Coming up, next segment, we've got my buddy Ron Salona, Artistic Director of CV Rep, on what's going on there. We'll be right back. Listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. And we're back on The Culture Corner, and now we're joined by a buddy of mine, known him for years, and he's just done such great things with theater in the Valley. He's the artistic director of CV Rep, Ron Salona. Hey, Ron, how are you? Uh oh. Good. There he is. Okay, sorry, didn't have your mic up. Uh, so tell me what's going on at CV Rep. I mean, this has been a really, this has been a tough time for everyone, but particularly theaters, live theaters, and CV Rep. Absolutely. Now that you're in this this beautiful building where it seats a lot of people, so it's been challenging for you. So what what are you guys doing over there? Well, as you just said, it's been challenging for theater all over the country um, and the arts in general. And so we've been sort of on a roller coaster and. We have the new building for two years, so um, the pressure of, you know, could we save the building? Which yeah. was also, uh, you know, there's the company and the building. So I'm, I'm happy to please share with you that our community is a very supportive community, and mm-hmm. people have really come forward to make the proper donations and, uh, and, and foundations with grants and uh, as well as the city of Cathedral City. And so we feel really blessed to say that we're we're going to come back strong. Yay. You know, our yes, our goal is to uh, open the new season in November mm-hmm. and uh, and like a regular season for for productions. The only thing that will be different is our three plays will be two week runs with and the musical continue to be a three-week run Mm -hmm. and then if the two-week run sells out well in the beginning up front we'll extend it to the third week but at least we're not tied in to the third week of expenses yeah so i think all theater has to make sort of cuts here and there to to come back safely right Um, one of the testing grounds for a live audience will be because you know the state of california is now allowing that Mm mm-hmm um, with percentages, and if people are vaccinated or not vaccinated, there are different rules, all of that. Um, but we're going to come back with a four um, classical music series, and they'll just be once a month. Um, the first time we'll let an audience in will be June, so it gives us enough time to prepare for them. 
But we will also do that in social distancing in the audience. We'll uh-huh. probably do it at a smaller percentage than what's legally bound. Mm-hmm. But I think that safety has to come number one. Yeah. And uh, making everyone feel safe and comfortable. That includes the artists. Mm-hmm. Our dressing rooms have been redesigned with um, plexiglass walls between each dressing uh, in the dressing room between each person. Okay. And um, and so we will hope for the best. And as far as the audience, so are you going to have to have seats spaced out so there's a couple seats in between everybody? Exactly. There'll be definitely social distancing between people because some people come by themselves, some people come in twos, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and some people are, are a party of four that have been either a family or together all the time right. that want to see it together. So we'll, we'll, that'll be all be able to be done through our ticketing program and MAP, mm-hmm. uh, where it specifically shares where it's available to seat on the MAP. And we'll start out with less seats for the first show, mm-hmm. and we'll build on the second show. Mm-hmm. I think we, we, like all theaters, have to take baby steps. Yes, but that's going to be uh, even a little more cha- challenging for the box office person for t- selling tickets, f- figuring out the map when you're f- distancing in between folks. But it's necessary, yeah. Right. Well, if it's all pre-advanced, done, yeah. and that's what we're selling, then I think it, it should run very smoothly, absolutely. And then those people who have been vaccinated, the way the ticketing program will work is that we could uh, be sent a photograph of their uh, to prove that they are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. That could stay on file with their name so that in future ticket sales, mm-hmm. that we don't have to ask that anymore. We already know that person's been vaccinated. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh. Now, did you, so did you have to... Um, change your um, uh, choice of plays and productions for the starting in November because of, say, size of cast and because of COVID? I sure did, (laughs) because it's really complicated in terms of we're a union house with actors' equity, Mm -hmm. and there are specific rules about how many actors could work with each other, how, how far apart they need to be. So when planning the season... I I had to think about not only that for for safety reasons, but also for financial. Right. We don't know how many people are going to feel safe coming back. Mm-hmm. So the more people and the larger sets, the more expensive the production is going to be, and and I have to be fiscally you know responsible around that. So the first show will be a two person show, mm-hmm. and then the second and third and fourth show will all be four-person plays. Okay. So my cast will not exceed four people. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that the production is anything less because there are some brilliant one-person plays Mm -hmm. that we've produced at CV Rep. It really comes down to how great the play is and how great the production is. Yeah. And we will deliver both. And now, are you directing uh, all all the plays this season coming up? No, I'll I'll direct the first play. Then the second will be by Joanne Gordon, who has directed three or four plays for us already. Then the musical I'll direct. And then the last play will be directed by Michael Matthews. And he directed one of our previous plays as well. Okay. Now, do you, uh, I don't know if you want to, if you're ready to announce, but do, if, what's the musical? Or are you not ready to announce the season yet? 
Well, we're going to announce the season the first week of May. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to leave that to everyone's anticipation. Okay, okay, sounds good. <laughs> so how so how have you, uh, Ron, I mean, everybody's been, every human being has been challenged by this COVID thing, but, but to, to be somebody running a theater and a theater of that size and that beautiful building, but that's expensive, how have you kept your sanity in the, this last year? Um, I would have to tell you I've been on a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. I think that there are definitely good weeks and bad weeks. And I think that that's true of my colleagues as well. Mm -hmm. Other artistic directors that I have friends with and have spoken to. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's part of that is we had to change gears last April and go into a virtual world. Mm -hmm. So we have been doing virtual programming every week on Thursday nights. It's called Theater Thursday. And there's a different show every Thursday night on Zoom. People register on our website at cvrep.org. But it's been exhausting and challenging to create virtual programs every week when that's not what we signed up for. Right, right, right. So it was, A, I had to learn how do we even do that. The artists had to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's a, you think about it, if we're doing a stage reading of a play, the actors get no audience. So everything, you know, an audience plays such an integral part in an actor's performance. Of course, yeah. So they're getting no feedback mm-hmm. from their computer screen <laughs> right doesn't applaud for you yeah <laughs> so when they don't or a laugh or mm-hmm. a, a an ooh or an ah right. they're getting nothing so everything that they have to imagine so it's it's been twice as hard for actors yeah and yeah. that goes for cabaret singers mm-hmm. or uh, any of the programs that we've done um it's it's uh, definitely a challenge we have three more left and then i uh, i we we will bid uh, adieu to virtual programming. Theater Thursday will, will end on May 6th. Okay. So the next three weeks, beginning next week, will be uh, the 22nd, is a stage reading called The Golden Fleece by A.R. Gurney. Okay. Um, it's based on the uh, Medea ah. by Eurycus. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a pretty fascinating modern version of uh, a 431 BC play. Okay, all Uh, right. You know, and so that's going to be a a really interesting piece that I think people will really enjoy. And then on the 29th of April, we're partnering with an organization here in the desert that a lot of people don't know about. It's called Brothers of the Desert. Have you heard of them? That sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know why, so... Well, I, I recommend having them on your show. Okay. They're a terrific group of, of men. They are basically a uh, gay men's group that are specifically men of color. Oh, okay. So, um, um, and specifically African-American men. Mm-hmm. And they have many members of their groups that, that are so talented, writers and actors, and, and um, in many fields, health field, every, every field. But they pulled the members of their of their organization that are writers and actors and have created an original performing arts piece that's based on poets that are famous 
African-American poets Excellent. through our times. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm excited to present this wonderful piece with them. And then we're going to end in a bang in May 6th with a legendary actress, Cheetah Rivera. Are you kidding? Oh, my gosh. That's great. Isn't that shocking? Mm. <laughs> Love it. She, she's going to be coming from New York on the, in, in, via Zoom, and she will be interviewed with Raymond Del Barrio, who is an artist who's worked with her. He's a choreographer, a director, and singer-dancer. Mm-hmm. And he's now living here in the Coachella Valley. Super. So this is how we basically created that closing show, is that Raymond and Cheetah will interview each other Mm -hmm. for an hour on Zoom. I love it. Um, uh, We have a couple more minutes left, Ron. So do uh, do you foresee, I mean, maybe this season, maybe not, maybe future seasons, um, I'm imagining that there are people out there now, as we speak, either writing or who have written, plays about this COVID experience, I mean, what this has been like in the, the last year. So do you anticipate down the road maybe presenting something like that, if you find a good one? Absolutely. And I agree with you. I think there are writers all over the world mm-hmm. writing theater based on their their COVID experience mm-hmm. as well as uh, society's right. experience. Mm-hmm. And and not only the, the direct results of a pandemic, but everything that's happened around the pandemic. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. You know? I mean, our country is in a crisis on so many levels. Absolutely. You know, and so I think that all of that will play a part in theater, Mm -hmm. because theater is, of course, telling stories of... About life, yeah. happens in real life. Yeah. 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 Well, so people yeah. can check out. So www.cvrep.org. People can go on the website and see what's coming up with the right. Thursday thing and then when the announcement of the season and then. And so what's happening in June again? Something starting in June? June. And we're going to partner with the Virginia Waring Piano Competition. They're going to do a, a concert for us. A class, it's all classical music. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, July will be the Palm Springs Opera Guild. Excellent. Super. And all of this will be on the website shortly. Okay. Um, and uh, for people who, you know, CB Rep is so um, well known with you and me and others in the theater community. But for those who don't know what that stands for, it's Coachella Valley, Valley Repertory. Yes, great stuff. Ron, thank you so very much. Uh, best of luck with the theater. I'm glad that you're going to be sticking around and doing great stuff. Thank you so much for being here, and stay safe out there. Okay? Thank you. All right, Ron Salona, Artistic Director, CV Rep. We'll be back with more on the Culture Corner. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. Starting April 2nd, which already just passed, there's going to be slow, slow, very slow reopening Mm -hmm. in Broadway over in New York. Good. So there's going to be a lot of like... um, pop-up venues like a lot of pop-up shows and so there's going to be a lot of shows here and there where people are going to like 
the, uh, be able to attend a show on Broadway without it with, with smaller so, audience so, and smaller all audiences that. Yeah. and it'll be uh, just about a um, hundred and fifty attendees, which is very small compared to like to, a re- yeah. to ordinarily. So now it's like the max capacity is thirty three percent, and so there's going to be not only flexible but flexible but still socially distant, mm-hmm. and it's going to be like pop of events. Like they're going to do a festival of events where they have artists and programs showing up. It's it's gonna be a pr- it it it's a pretty good first step I would say good. good and so New York that this is happening in New York and the Music Box Theater is one of the participating ones and they're gonna have just all these good programming and it's not even the first year to do so I've noticed in a lot of like theater news I looked on American Theater News a lot of theaters are now s- announcing their 2021 season can I just uh, in addition to that um got this blurb from Charlie and John a Rancher Mirage ready to reopen amphitheater with cabaret shows and meditation workshops so the big amphitheater Rancher Mirage is going to open up starting let me see where it says it start uh in May and June some Saturday night shows in May and June so look for that but that's really exciting um you know so it's an outdoor amphitheater so that makes it easier but that's great that that's starting going to start up too and and the thing is now that you're performing again can you tell us a little bit about how it feels to just be able to perform again fabulous Fabulous. I mean, you know, I've been doing the live streams from your living room and from Frankie's, which is great, but it's not the same as having live people, you know, seeing you. But we're doing, you know, it's safe at runway. There's a little patio. So lot, most people are on the patio. couple tables right inside the door, but spaced out. And our sta- little stage is about 10 feet away. So we're feeling very, and only a certain, like 30 people, a certain number of people. Would you mind reminding the audience about the event if there's still tickets? And yes, all I'm not sure. You better do it now. Call up runway. It's called Bosom Buddies with myself, Bonnie Gilgallon, and Siobhan Velarde. And let me see, of course, my my phone number's cut off. <laughs> but it's Runway, Runway Bar and Restaurant in Cathedral City. Um, check it out. You um, can also buy these tickets online, so yeah, you'll but, be able to get them. And yeah, so, you know, don't, yeah, you better call it, do it online. Don't shop at the door because we're almost sold out. So. And the thing is that it's much more affordable if you pre-order. It's $20, yeah. mm-hmm. and you'll get a pretty affordable meal, too, like yeah. a, like uh, separately, of course. Yeah, but, but like, really, yeah, very affordable food. The food's good. The, the bartender's friendly. It's, a re- it's just a fun, fun place, a fun show. Mark Caney, who's our pianist, is wonderful. So, um, yeah, check it out. If there's a couple t- tickets left, left, snap them up. And I think the the thing to consider is that I like the fact that after a year, I think we're slowly coming to terms with the fact that we're we're good with doing theater. Mm-hmm. It's just that we have to be careful. Yeah. And also just come up with creative ways of doing it, like pop-up shows. Yeah. and like, baby, like Ron said, baby steps. Take baby steps and be creative. And there's ways to do it. You know, you just have to be smart. And yeah. I was going to ask you, when you did the live streams, did you, was there ever a moment where you felt like that was a good show? It's a shame that I didn't have an audience for that. Well, I mean, there's some people did watch on Facebook. I mean, you could see when people watched and said, made comments. So there was always a few people, but you know, they weren't live in front of you. And so you don't, you don't really know totally how many people saw it. So. I guess what I meant was like a physical audience. I know that you have an audience yeah. online. No, of course, no, it's, it's different. It's, like Ron said, if you're a performer, whether you're a singer or an actor, you feed off the energy from an audience. That's true. Absolutely. That, and not having that is oh, makes it real different. It's true because like um, I remember when I used to... Um, uh, when I used to do some performance for a theater company, I wasn't in a theater company, but I d- helped out with something and I did improv. Mm-hmm. It's a little different when you're like engaging with an audience and kind of hearing their laughs and you're kind of hearing what they're Absolutely. liking. Absolutely. It's huge. It, it's different. Yeah. And so like, I'm glad that movie, th- that 
I was going to say movie theaters, but I guess them too, but like theaters, live theaters, live theaters yeah. mm-hmm. they could actually have that audience. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in a lot of ways, like if you have, if you, I think they have the, the ability to be safe now, mm-hmm. uh, not a year ago, but now. Yeah. Now, well now, because first of all, we've gotten the numbers down, we've gotten hospitalizations down, people, um, half, I think like half of adults are now have been vaccinated already in this country. Um, and people, so, so now, now we're in a situation where you can take those baby steps as long as you're being smart about it. And it's not either or it's not just, you know, shut everything down and we're all in prison or we're all out 50,000 people gram- jammed on the beach. There are, there are shades of gray and that's what we got to do. Okay, so now that we now to end our our, our oh, hour. Happy news! A, yes, happy yes. Happy news! So Dick Van Dyke has decided to do something really nice, just something really pleasant. So there is a Malibu Community Labor Exchange. It's a nonprofit organization in Malibu, California, in which people go in there to try to get work or get financial support when they're out of job when they're out of you know. The job because a lot of people have lost a lot of people a lot of people yeah a lot of people not just performers but like everyone has lost their job to some extent and so even though he didn't have much publicity to do it somebody said that he went to the line outside for the um, nonprofit people standing in line trying to get jobs find jobs and he started handing out money. He just pulled some money out of the ATM and started handing out bills to people. God bless him. And and I think it's so wonderful because he is he is an example of someone who's very friendly on screen, mm-hmm. also reflecting in, in person. Walking the talk, yeah. Somebody that comes across, I mean, I've never met him in person, on screen in an interview, just being, yeah, very real down to earth. And that's, you know, that's what, and you think about, and then you stop and think about a lot of celebrities who've got all kinds of money, could also be doing that you know why don't more of them do it that's a good question especially considering that like i think it's different when you give money to people directly as opposed to like fundraisers like i mean fundraisers and organ non-profit organizations in their own right that's great but it it, i think it hits you different when like the money gets directly somebody hands you a couple hundred dollars in your hand yeah yeah and i think that and they haven't said like how much money he gave out i bet it was a lot though but it was a lot of money that somebody took notice like somebody took uh started filming it and dick van dyke himself is just a legend Mm -hmm. in cinema and on television with his show the dick van dyke show which i started watching again and love him love him love him it still holds up and, oh of course and i always said your childhood is not complete until you see dick van dyke fall on the couch well <laughs> also and mary poppins mary poppins oh my gosh you got to see the original mary poppins mary, yeah. mary he made a cameo in mary poppins returns and he was one of the highlights of that movie yeah. but i think the original mary poppins like oh. i think people I think people lovingly make fun of his accent in that movie, but I, I honestly can't picture that character with a real British accent. No, I wanna... he was great. He was perfect <laughs> for that part. Yeah. And I think that one of the, I think it was a good decision that the accent was made the way it was mm-hmm. because it sounds so friendly mm-hmm. and sweet. And I think there's something charming and otherworldly about yes. that accent. I don't know. That's my defense that's, for it. That's, your, <laughs> that's a great description. That's a great description. All right, Brian. Yay. Another show in the can. Thank you so much to our guests, Leanna Rogers and Cynthia Thomas and Ron Salona. And um, thank you guys out there for listening. We'd love talking to you each week. Stay safe. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. And stay safe and watch something great. Listen to some great music. Great music.